You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem, joined once again by my good buddy, host of the NBA Morning Deuce here on Belly Up Sports, the best basketball podcast around, my man, Joey Livin. What's going on, dude? Happy to be back. Had fun last time. I'm ready to expand my horizons outside NBA a little bit again. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I love talking basketball with you because every time I talk to you, I feel like I get a little smarter. And I hope feel like when you talk football with me, you get a little smarter as well, hopefully. So there yeah. we go. <laughs> what? I said, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm making no secret. Basketball is my pro basketball is my fourth sport. So it's like I always have to kind of pull out extra knowledge. I know enough where I can like easily talk about it. No question, especially even on a show like this. But like. It, it's 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 like walk, watching Max Kellerman talk football. Like he knows he knows some of it, but he's missing a lot of stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Or like <laughs> it's like Colin Cowherd talking basketball actually, because that's Ooh, guy, that's my boy. You know, <laughs> look, man, the guy's got talent, but I know for a fact when I listen to him talk basketball, I'm like, come on, somebody no, wrote basketball, this for you. Basketball. I know he's he's literally just watch. He's reading Shams' Twitter feed every 45 seconds. Yeah, and for- our new tradition, boys and girls, is we're gonna get cracking here. First topic on the list. Now you're fine. So I only have to crack it really. But first topic on the list today. First thing on the menu. Monday night football last night. We had a rare doubleheader midseason. You know all the COVID BS and everything else. But we actually had a decent game in Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, New England. Um, my first thoughts of the game were, wow, Kansas, New England's defense is great, but they are lost without Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's fine. I think it was speaking of Fox Sports guys. I think it was Nick Wright who tweeted earlier today that Cam Newton should come back and immediately demand a 10, a one-time $10 million payment just off seeing what they have at quarterback without him. Like it, it's, it's, he's not wrong. It's pretty absurd how, I mean, I will say this, look, Stidham, that's a tough situation. I have to come in against the best team in the NFL and have to mm-hmm. try to bring your team back. So not easy, but well, clearly they would not be good this year if they did not have Cam Newton. Oh, they'd be atrocious. Also, Brian Hoyer is awful. He's still just as bad as he was in Cleveland. And I and they've been talking about giving Cam an extension already in, in New England. I'm all for it. Okay. I think he's the perfect odd couple match for Bill Belichick. Because one, McDaniels can get creative. It's not like he has to do anything crazy. But at the same time, like, he's not – they're not going to get – Lance Fields or or uh, what's his face? The best one they're getting is um, Ellinger, possibly later in the first round, or they might get the kid out of uh, God, where, uh, out of Iowa State maybe. Yeah. Or they might have to go get like a De'Ara King in the third or fourth round. They're not going to get the guys they want. So and Cam's I not, honestly, I Cam's look at old, it, right. He's not old. The, he's the thirty-one. With, that's not old for a quarterback. Like like everyone like gives concern, his shoulder. The concern was his shoulder, right? Like that was the big he's concern. Still got a fucking bazooka. So it, I'm, I'm I'm looking for where the problem is. Mm-hmm. He can still run. It's not an issue. So absolutely. He literally just got coughed on probably and got COVID. He's apparently he's fine or he's getting better. So there you go. But I don't know. Like the whole the game. We know what we're gonna get with Kansas City. Even if you play ultimate defense on them, they are still going to stop you. I think the lack of personnel in the front seven is what killed New England's shot last night. 
Yeah, their secondary is incredible, and you'll hear Kev rant about it for hours. Their biggest issue is they have no stud pass rushers. You could tell me Chase Winovich or whatever his effing name is or any of these guys, but they're still scrubs that Belichick elevates. They're not pure talented guys. They're not a. They're not like the, that that eight man swap meet that you have over in Philadelphia. It's not like you're throwing Clowney or Harold Landry or Cam Hayward or Cam Jordan or any of these good like front guys. No, these are a bunch of, if you're going to do a Madden rating, 75 and 68 rated guys who Bill elevates to a low 80, but they're not going to dominate a game. It's like you're throwing Von Miller out there at lowest. And I think the biggest way we talked about this when our boy Cruz came on last week was they have to get good pass rush. They play uh, Oakland next, the Chiefs do. Max Crosby is a top 10 pass rusher, top 15 in my idea, in my eyes. He's top 15 in my, at least in my eyes. And he's going to be getting even better as he gets older. That's the first legit pass rusher they faced in a while. I would like to see what he does against that offensive line. So I, I think Kansas City is still going to steamroll everyone this year. They're going to do what Coward thought Baltimore is going to do. But, you know, I'm wondering, though, like, did, that's the second game I've actually watched them play. I watched KC play against the Chargers or, yeah, uh, yeah against the Chargers as well. Obviously, look, they're four and zero. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna roll people. But does does their, I mean, their offense is still they can strike fast and they're gonna score a lot. But are there yeah. moments in the game where Mahomes doesn't look a hundred percent like Mahomes? Like I saw him completely underthrow a pass last night, and that's unheard of for him. I mean, if anything, he's throwing people. But I saw him like totally underthrow one. I, I think it was in the fourth quarter. He threw like a it was it was just it should have been picked and Tyree Kill actually almost caught it because he's just he's Tyree Kill he's absurd he's a freak but it should top five receiver and well, like talked about it on the broadcast like the, both of the defenders for the Patriots like it almost looked like they didn't realize that it was such a bad pass that they didn't yeah. go pick or else it would have been picked and I've seen that happen a couple times where the offense doesn't really get rolling until late and then they just they blow you away. Yeah, one of the biggest things that bugs me about Mahomes is Mahomes has a lot of flaws to his game. He's not perfect. But he just does everything he's good at so well that it really covers up. He, him, Russell Wilson, Rodgers in his prime, even Rodgers now, even though Rodgers doesn't play a legit defense yet, even Wentz when he's on 100% like with, with, good rece- with decent receivers, Josh Allen, I'll even throw in this thing too because they're just not – they're guys not like them. Like – Carson Wentz is 6'6", 240, and yet can run in a 20-yard touchdown, juking out a safety. The next play, he can drop a 40-yard dime into a practice squad receiver. Mahomes can throw it 30 yards sidearm across his body and hit a throw in a window this big. Allen, I don't know if you watched any of the Buffalo, the, watched any of the highlights from Buffalo, Oakland. He threw a, a post route to Diggs. It looked like a artillery shell getting shot out of a howitzer, and it hit him in the face mask. I'm like... That's insane. So mm. I will take the fir- like 40, 80% freak highlights and good plays over two or three overthrows because no quarterback's perfect. Brady, yes, he'll hit those, but you won't see Brady across his body throwing off his back foot 40 yards. I don't think he can throw the ball four. I think he can barely throw it 40 now. So, like, to me, I'll take the good with the bad with Mahomes. The issue is Mahomes has so many weapons at his disposal. He can screw up on a play, but the next play, oh, Dump it off to Edward Tolaire, touchdown. Or, oh, look, Tyree's wide open in the seam. He's going to outrun everyone. So okay. it, I think with Andy Reid's offense, it's allowing mistakes. I think that's what covers it up so well. Fair. I mean, the Chargers always play them well. The Chargers have a good pass rush. 
or they did until Melvin Ingram got hurt. Um, and we even saw last night they took Brady to the brink on Sunday. So they finally found their quarterback. I love I love that Herbert. I've been on him since April. But um, I think honestly, with the when it comes to the Chiefs, the only thing that's going to stop them is themselves. Sure. I mean, it's pretty clear. They're they're. I mean, what, what was the stat that I saw in the, there yesterday? The first team to start an NFL to start the season four, four and for four years in a row. Yeah. I saw it this morning. Too. I was like, that's insane. Yeah. Every team dreams of that. I, I, I just always assume Philadelphia's going to lose week two. They have like ever since I was a kid, I can like book it. I'll put money on it. It's like, Oh, they're playing the Browns here. They're still going to lose guys. Come on. It's, it's week two and the Eagles are allergic to winning in week two. Um, the other game we can summarize in like three words. It's Rodgers is good. Falcons are bad. That's that's basically it. Like, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I, I will say this. Like, so I the the thing with me is so and we're going to obviously talk about the heat in the finals. Um, but I'm going to compare what I see with the Packers to what I see with the heat a little bit, which is. Jimmy Butler has one of the greatest games in NBA finals history. And of yeah. course he's going to get all the credit because he's Jimmy Butler and he gets and he does that. Yeah. But I just don't think people give Spolstra the credit that he deserves for what he did to get them prepared for that as game. A motive. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, not even that. It is a game plan. Well, Matt, as a status, as a strategic guy. Yeah. Matt Lafleur is seventeen and four now in two years as a head coach in the regular season, and. I think, and I look, I'm not an X's and O's guy in the NFL, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. There's no question, yeah. right? I am an X's and O's guy, so we could honestly get get into this right now. So I'm liking this. There, there's got to be something to be said about the way he came in and put such an emphasis on the run game and made mm-hmm. their run game such a threat that a quarterback who's getting up there in age, not only is he extending his career, but now teams – have to prepare for the run game just as much as the pass game. And when t- when a defense is not solely keyed in on a guy like Aaron Rodgers, he's going to crush you. Okay, so the biggest thing is with them is, yeah, Aaron Jones is the top 15 running back. There's no question there. The issue is, though, the one thing I have a problem with that whole Aaron Rodgers MVP statement that I've seen people making is, guys, have them play a legit defense. Because right now, they've only played teams that are basically just scrapping it together on the back end. And – as much as Rodgers is a good receiver, Devontae Adams is a top 10 receiver, Lazard and Valdez Scandling are okay guys. They're like, you know, they still probably beat half the guys that Philadelphia rolled out there on sun, on Sunday night. But they're, they're good receivers, and they've got good tight ends. And you know what the thing is? LaFleur is a great head coach. I just want to see them take on a legit team. Like, go in. I mean, they have a bye week this week. But I think afterwards, they take on, I think, at least one contender with a good defense. And that's the kicker. I want to see them take on, you know, oh, I want to see them take on the team that has two good pass rushers. Like, have them go to take on Philadelphia where they're going to have – Darius Slay is averaging less than, like, a completion percentage of, like, 40% against him. He's locked down every receiver he's played this year. Have him shut down Adams and have that four, that eight-man pass rush they have come after Rodgers. Then let's see if they can do it. Because, I mean, yes, we made Nick Mullins basically cry last week, but it's it's just – I want to really see on the back end, like, can Rodgers truly – so right now, week six, when they get back off their bye week, they take on the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers' defense isn't great, but Shaquille Barrett, Devin White, Levante David, that's a good front seven. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, they're I want to see that matchup. Like that's a legit front seven. So mm-hmm. I think that's what we'll find out with with what the Packers actually bring to the table. Absolutely, and I and but that being said, I think be, that's where Lafleur deserves just as much credit because that that the run game is going to be so important when they start playing teams like that. And he, and whether he admits it or not, mm-hmm. they become a run first team. And it's, it's arguably now the way Rogers is fitting into LaFleur's scheme, particularly early this season, I know they haven't played a great defense. Yeah. Making it that much more dangerous. I mean, it just from what it looks like, obviously they have to play a better defense, but yeah, they played an under. They played a. They played an underdeveloped, or at least like a, a very raw Lions team. They played the Lions later in the season. I might take the Lions. Their defense just like might actually give Rodgers problems because you saw Akuda last night played out of his mind against Kyler Murray. They kept him to twenty one points. Yeah. So, all right. Um, that's enough for my football. Honestly, I feel like that raw. That the, the problem with the Monday game was I knew off the bat unless Atlanta came out all explosive firing, game's over. Well, think Dan, Dan Quinn's got to get fired soon, right? Like well, exactly. they fired Bill O'Brien, who we're talking about next. But like yeah, but that's where I was Gase, say, like yeah, exactly him, Gase and and Adam and um him, Gase and Bill O'Brien should have all been gone in the off season, but they're still here. We don't, I don't get it. I really don't. The Gase thing is is Gase is absurd. Yeah, that I, is, I have doesn't listen, make any I sense. I have listeners who pl- who are big Jets fans, and I pray for these guys every day because. Our boy Ryan McCarthy here at Belly Up, like, and my boy Matt and many others. God, I hate to seeing them suffer like this. How is somebody this bad still a coach? He made Ryan Tannehill so bad he decides I'll back up in Tennessee. Dude took the starting job in four weeks. It's it's yeah. like really bad. Like I, I just don't get it. But yeah, all right, but so I, and I don't like I don't love like because I've worked on many coaching staffs in my career in the NBA, so I don't love. The idea of like lobbying for somebody to get fired, right? But there just comes a point where it's like it's clear the players are not playing for the guy anymore, and mm-hmm. there's no other job. There's very few jobs where it's like you're clearly not qualified to be doing your job, and you keep your job. Yeah. And Adam Gase in particular, I don't know what the deal is with the Falcons. I'm assuming Dan Quinn is not doing a good job because that offense is way too loaded, even though they have injuries right now, to be the, mm-hmm. as bad as they are. Adam Gase was here in Miami and now in with the Jets, he is just clearly not a head coach. Like it's just it's just a blatantly he should not he be. He ran Jay Ajahi and Kenyon Drake out of town. They both had great second they both played great in the team that picked uh, them up afterward. It makes what's his name uh that's in Seattle now from the Jets? Jamal Adams? Oh, yeah. Jamal Adams. And the thing is with Adams, like Adams has his strengths, his weaknesses. He's the best box safety in the league. The problem is, is Adams in coverage can be a little eh, – eh, eh, it's it's hit and miss. Right. But when you're that good at everything else, it kind of covers it up. By the way, before we forget, new merch from Belly Up today based off of both games last night. Free Stidham t-shirt available. Our boy Kev came with it. Also, no, no, a flexing Stidham and free Julio. Free I've been saying it for months. Kev co-opted it. Get Julio out of Atlanta. Deal in week eight. Let's make this happen. Send him to Philadelphia. Let's let's get let's get Julio in on an actual offense. Because God, that boy's may, career is gone if he may, doesn't get out of there. Start a Kickstarter to get him a new hamstring too, because the guy can't stay healthy. I mean, listen, you get him, you get him just out of that. I swear to God, that dome is like the worst thing. Philadelphia went down there last year. They had four season, five plus week injuries come out of that dome last year. 
Yeah. I swear it's something in that in that arena. Because it, maybe it's the humidity in Atlanta. I don't know what it is, but it's something off there. But I don't know. Free Julio, free Calvin Ridley. Let's let's make this happen. All right, and check out merch, Belly Sports. Oh, by the way, a lot of Corner Booth merch coming this next week, boys and girls. So make sure you get your shirts. Um, Bill O'Brien, quick, about freaking time. Um, I lost all my sympathy for Deshaun Watson after I heard he did DeAndre Hopkins dirty in the offseason. He didn't really fight for him to stay. But, like, like I was waiting for Bill O'Brien. It was like a ticking time bomb. We knew the David Johnson trade. I was like, oh, God, here it goes. He's gone by week six. Week four, surprisingly. But um, I have a feeling Texans are going to be a lot better off now. Um, it just, as a GM, he was atrocious. Head coach, not terrible. He was an okay head coach, but as a GM, he'd shoot himself in the foot. So, like, how do you – it's – Oh, yeah. It's he, almost like, hey, he, you're great, you're a great coach, but you're a crap GM, so you're gonna keep shooting yourself in the foot. I don't think I know. Are there other? So I know, like in in the NBA, it never works when the head coach is the GM. It just doesn't. It, it fails every well, time. The last, but, the last time I remember was Tibbs in Minnesota. Well, Doc was for a little bit. It, when yeah, he, Doc for a little bit. Doc yeah, with the Clippers. Um, who else? Stan Van Gundy was. Well, Tibbs is the last time I remember because he got fired because of it. Yeah, Stan had it for, was. You know, co with uh, what the I forgot is the guy he brought from Orlando. There's been a few, and they just don't. It just doesn't work. Um, Unless you're Bill Belichick or Andy Reid, it never works. That's what I was wondering. Are those so? Oh, I know Belichick runs the Patriots, but is well, Andy Reid did that? Reid kind yep. of co-opted it with Howie Roseman, and then and uh, he kind of they kind of go hand in hand. Like some of the bigger head coaches, but like honestly, like in Philadelphia right now. Howie Roseman and Doug are basically bu- our buddies, our bestest buddies, because like you know they got to get themselves on the same page. But they also all fear Jeffrey Lurie, so the like. But I think there always needs to be a general manager in sports. There always needs to be a general manager with a coach. The coach, unfortunately, is everyone's like, oh, it streamlines it. The coach, but the coach may not understand. Oh, that's not how he might not be a good scout. Like Pete Carroll was an atrocious scout after all the guys he played against in the Pac-12 left. Like it's well, part of the problem is, at least from what I can tell, and again, this is NBA, but it's got to be a similar thought process, right? Is like Mm -hmm. when you're a coach, you want to win, right? Because coaches that don't win get fired. And if you're looking at your roster and you're not winning games, you are more likely to make a move that probably doesn't necessarily make sense. And also, maybe the problem wasn't the player, maybe the problem was that you're not the right coach. So putting a coach in charge of personnel for a team is just sort it's it's an immediate conflict of interest and then they're just not focused on the right things at all like to be a coach coaching is the is one of the hardest jobs on the planet just in terms of the pressure and the amount of preparation that goes into just coaching then to say you're also in charge of the future of this team and every move that happens at all times like you have to stay on top of it it just it's a, it's a recipe for disaster, and it's not just the David Johnson trade, like the the D Hop David Johnson trade. Like, look, you go get like Laramie Tunsil is great, but now you're an awful team who doesn't have your next two first round picks. Like that's looking terrible, and it's just he he tra- clowny trade also. Like, how do right. you only get back a second rounder for one of the best pure pass rushers in the league? Like, what the hell? Yeah, every move he made, at least major move that we know of, was uh, was a disaster. Like, and like you said, he he probably wasn't a bad coach, but it, it was doomed as soon as they made him the GM. 
the problem is, is like they were doomed after the problem with Bill Bryan is Bill Bryan was so good at rebuilding Penn State's program. That's an, awesome. It's incredible. You know, he did a great job. He resurrected that tenor. James Franklin will probably have him as a top 10 team by the end of the season. But like, I'm sorry, you're not a good GM. Like all the moves never. Okay, so David Johnson will probably be a good B plus running back. He'll probably be a good workhorse. He'll get you a couple hundred yards. Definitely the best running back they've had since um uh Dave, since they traded what's his face uh Lamar Aaron Miller Foster. away. Oh, I was I was in, I was going Aaron Foster. I was going all the way back. Listen, listen, you got to put some name on my, on my boy Lamar Miller's respect my boy Lamar Miller's name. Uh, yeah, Lamar. If, it wasn't for, if it wasn't for uh, I mean he's in New England now or he is he's in New England now. But the problem is he's injured. Did they? So just the pick, is, I thought they cut him. Before the I season, I don't even know. Like the problem is, his career went downhill the second Bill trade half their offensive line, half their offensive I think line. Because I, I, I thought, like, uh, I thought I saw that he was working out for somebody recently that had an injured running back. Because a bunch of I don't know. a bunch of injuries. But yeah, the I, problem is, there's there's five thousand players in the league it, to keep track of every single one. Of them, it, it kills me sometimes. But yeah. like with Lamar Miller, like that was another guy. Like they had a great running back, and it's like, oh, all right, well that's gone. But um, all right. He had a great, but by the way, beginning of the season last year, Lamar Miller was on a tear. So and like then he hurt his knee, and I was like, what the fuck? But it, the Bill O'Brien thing, it just makes sense. He's gonna be an OC on some team by the end. It's gonna be like Jay Gruden. He's gonna be on a team by the end of next year sure. as an OC. Makes it's all uh, it's makes perfect sense. But now, Mister Joey, it's time for America's favorite, at least the Corner Booth family, his favorite na- favorite game. It's a one sentence game. So the rules are simple. If you listen to Kev. Everyone except Jared has to stick to one minute. I'm going to try to stick to one minute today, but I got some funny stuff planned for later in the sh- later in this segment. But we'll start with the Thursday nighters and we'll work our way down to Sunday and Monday night. All, All right. right, Jets and Broncos. Um, somebody save Sam Darnold. Adam Gase is trash. Yeah, I mean, I we we pretty much covered it. Mine was just how does Adam Gase still have a job? It's pretty. There I mean, pretty straightforward, right? We I think we we probably. Covered yeah, that. I mean, it, even right. if you just reiterate it as the same sentence, it still works. But, like, no, it makes sense, though. Like, well, how is he still have a job? But I will say the Darnold thing I love because I watch him and I'm like, this kid's good. This kid is good and he's in a shitty situation. So, I, yeah, like, save Sam Darnold. He's a good quarterback. If the Browns had Sam Darnold instead of Baker, the Browns would probably be have made the playoffs last year. I love that. I love that take because I am not a Baker Mayfield fan. I, I used to be, and I just don't get it. I'm like <laughs> – like you know, I think I think the Oklahoma offense covers up a lot of flaws in quarterbacks. We'll talk about that later, but yeah. Um, Ravens and the Washington football team. Uh, Lamar Miller's fast. Lamar Jackson's faster than you, and he's the he's the MVP, reigning MVP. Um, my for for that game, I'm gonna go. Look, we know what the Ravens are, so it's clear. I'm just gonna say, shout out Ron Rivera, who continues to coach while he's going through cancer treatment and was clearly struggling on the sideline. You know, had to take breaths or rests before and he had to, you know, hydrate. Mm-hmm. He's obviously struggling, but he's, you know, he, he feels like he has a responsibility to show people that he can fight and 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 keep doing it. And so, you know, that's going to be a shitty season for them because they're not very good. And yeah, he, their pass rush is incredible. But that's the only thing that's good. Right. And they, they have some pieces like Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson are studs. But I, I picked up Gibson in fantasy. and I'm like, I hope this kid's good. And I'm like, oh, he is good. Home yeah. run hitter, half. My, my I, I'm a big, scary Terry guy, so. Yeah. 
Uh, shout out Ron Rivera. That's my sentence. Yeah, shout Riverboat Ron. Um, all right. So next up, Chargers and Buccaneers. Okay, so I, I rarely ever brag. Oh my kidding? I always brag, but when I'm right, I love being right. Justin Herbert's legit. Let's do this. I love Justin Herbert. This he, kid can ball. I was surprised that people. What, what was it? What do you think? Oh, let me ask you. Why do you think people were so down on him in the draft? Because to me, when I looked at it, I was like, the kids had a different head coach every year in college. How's he supposed to have numbers? Like, how's he supposed to be comfortable and be as good as he can be at the next level when when the coach changes every year? Like, well, if he's, he's talented, he's talented, right? Like, and I I I I think Kevin in, in, in Kevin was one of the big. Me and KJ, shout out to my boy. Former, uh, had to step down from belly up for personal reasons. But me and KJ, when he came on with my shows a couple months back, we both said, we're both on the Herbert train. Like, there's, like I, like I'm i not buying Tua until he can stand a whole 16 games. I'm more worried about Tua getting hurt than Wentz. Straight up. Because Wentz knows the limitations of his body because he's a pro. And Wentz is also 6'6", six six, 240 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's a man. Tua is... Two inches taller than me and 30 pounds less than me. That's a receiver, not a quarterback. I don't like if he. Okay, so what happens when he's playing Philadelphia and you've got Hargrave and Cox that smush him together and his (laughs) knee goes sideways? Like, I just I worry about Tua. I think he's talented, but Miami needs to get that offensive line right. And the problem is Tua. Tua doesn't realize he's got to learn what Baker learned this year. You're not fast in this league, bro. You got to slow down. Just get the ball and get out of the way. Like yeah. you're not running a four seven seven. You're running like a two wouldn't even run the forty. So like I don't even know how slow he is now. Yeah. But like it, this isn't Bama. You don't have four five stars blocking for you in one four star. It's it's. You also don't have Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae uh, Smith, Smith uh, and, and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> like God, like. <laughs> and oh yeah, you have Najee Harris also hand the ball off to you. Right. You hand the ball to him. I mean. I love Justin Herbert. The arm strength was there. The accuracy is there. The improvisation. That's the biggest key because this is why I love him and I'm starting to, I'm, I'm really liking Joe Burrow. And this is why I hate, hate Dwayne Haskins. And I don't like Daniel Jones because with Herbert and Burrow, I've seen two things I love. One, they both like Herbert and Burrow both kind of have some Wentz, Stafford, Favre qualities to them. They can get out of the pocket and make something happen when there's nothing there. Even I'll throw Dak into that mix too, because Dak can do that a little bit. Um, like Burrow, the play that got called back, back when T. Higgins basically accidentally walked out of bounds and walked back in. T. Higgins is the football IQ of a potato. But um, Herbert ran around, broke three sacks, and threw it across, like, just back end 20 yards downfield. And Higgins makes a great toe-tapping catch. You get a walk into the end zone if you're actually paying attention. But – it looked incredible. He was able to make something happen. Herbert, the same thing. Charles offensive line's okay, but it's not great. He's making throws downfield. He's getting outside the pocket. He's always been kind of semi-athletic, like a Rodgers kind of athletic, where he can like scramble a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think when it all comes down to it, Herbert will have the best career out of. He has the highest ceiling because sure. out, out of that draft class. He's also so he's young, like, right? Isn't he a few years younger than Burrow? No, no, actually, no they're the same age. He played all four years. Burrow's yeah. the oldest. But the thing is with Burrow, Burrow was the most game ready, so mm-hmm. he started right away. Herbert only started because a doctor didn't know how to administer a needle right. So, like, and you know what? That's just fate right there, man. Like, like I love Justin Herbert. Didn't so, know 
How? I mean, yeah, that's that's just he. I think he had uh, I think he had Justin Herbert on his fantasy team. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. So um, yeah, my sentence for that game is thank you, Ronald Jones, because I play in a fantasy league where I have to start. Started too, actually. I have to start three running backs, and I have Aaron Jones, but then the rest of my running back situation is a mess. And I was very concerned that Leonard Fournette was taking that job, and he still might. But at least Ronald Jones, he gets the chance to be the guy, and he goes over 100 yards. I still got my ass kicked this week, but it's good for the future. Fournette went to the wrong system. That's the problem. He needs to go to a L.A. Chargers or a – Philadelphia, where it's a downhill zone running scheme. Ooh, he'd be in a great spot in LA right now. Oh my God, are you kidding me? I got, I just picked up that Kelly kid, so I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh God, I'm like, I'm, I'm, because I have say I've drafted Saquon, I had Derrick Henry, and I also have um Nick Chubb in multiple leagues. So it's like, what the hell? I know it's 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 such a crazy season because like I'm two and two, and I just got absolutely destroyed, and I feel great about my team because people are healthy. Whoa, All right, so next motorcycle madness down here on the beach. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, man, enjoy it up. I, I one time had my cat walk across the keyboard while I was recording. So, <laughs> um, all right, next up, Seahawks, Dolphins. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson's good. Okay, I'll I'll go. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it, despite everything you just said, it's probably two a time. Like, he, he, they got a plan. I think they. Priceless to his knees. That's all I'm gonna say. And his hip. hip the hip i would say this though growing up in miami or south florida having watched the dolphins since dan marino was the quarterback ryan fitzpatrick is hands down the most fun quarterback to watch and it's probably a sad statement on the franchise but he is by far the most fun i've had watching a quarterback in miami since dan marino was the quarterback and honestly when i was alive and conscious of what was going on Dan Marino wasn't even that good. Like it, it was towards he was the, end. In the back end of his career. He was yeah. in the back end. I didn't see like 84 Dan Marino. I was born didn't in 86. See like fake spike Dan Marino. Yeah, I didn't see taking him to the Super Bowl Dan Marino or any of that shit or yeah. Duper Clayton Dan Marino. I saw OJ McDuffie Dan Marino. So you know what I mean or Aronde Watson yeah. Dan Marino. Ryan like that, that was like that was like getting close to where like I was getting born because I'm, I'm a 95 baby and I, I I saw the back end of Dan I saw how it's the back end of his career I'm like good thing I missed that because I I always thought Dan Marino was Peyton Manning before Peyton Manning but with a better arm yeah. and so I, I kind of his like career on like Manning's which had like a fairy tale ending his was kind of like oh that sucks Fitz is fun but it's just like and they they already said this is the best fashion with that beard I've ever seen yeah. he he's starting week five they already said he's starting week five but at some point, it's just like, you know, the this, this season's not going anywhere. So well, I mean, they also knew this going in. They like regardless of who's coming in, they were going to be a 500 best team. Sure. Because all the new guys with COVID and everything else. I think there's a lot of like because of the second half of last season, mm-hmm. there was a lot of probably unwarranted like ex, like tempered excitement down here where it was like, we're not going to be awful. And I guess if you watch the games, they aren't awful. They're losing relatively close games. But it's also just like if you're going to lose close games and go 5-11 and 11 or 4-12, and 12, yeah. then, then get blown out with your rookie quarterback and go 4-12 and 12 and let him get some run, you know? Definitely. I mean, I, I look at – like the, the last thing with the Dolphins is just like it, unfortunately right now like they're the, Seattle's the best team in football besides Kansas City and they're just gonna keep steamrolling teams it, it's what's the teams that can't score 
And with Miami, you're only going to get so far this year. We all knew that. And it's Buffalo's year. Look, so. Herb, Herbert's a perfect example. Like, you, you don't think the guy's ready, and then he comes in, and he's a fucking baller. So, like, you know, get, well, okay, let's just look see. At, look at 16 with with my Eagles. Like, we thought Bradford was the starter, and then Teddy Teddy B blows his knee sideways. Howie Roseman's like, we'll give you Bradford for our, your 14th overall pick. Vikings, bet. <laughs> and then Carson's yeah. like, oh, hey, Carson, you're the starter. And this is what happens. Like, you, it, it never planned out. All right. Vikings, Texans, somebody had to win this game. I guess Minnesota's better than Houston. <laughs> um, I love Dalvin Cook. I oh, went I to Florida State. That's my guy. So, oh, you went to Florida State? Yeah. So. Oh, I'll, God, I'll, Joe, we can't be friends anymore. Because of Dalvin Cook, let me tell you this. Because of Dalvin Cook, I spent an entire – three and a half hour or however long the game was ACC championship football game sitting next to uncle Luke and having one of the best conversations of my life. Wait, you met uncle Luke. Yes, because I went to Florida state and the ACC champ. I used to live in Charlotte when I worked for the Hornets okay. and the ACC championships in Charlotte every year. Or it used to be, I don't know if it still is. No, and I think it's, it might be, I don't know if it's going to be there this year. The last year I was there, and it's not just because of Dalvin, but Dalvin's one of them. Um, the last year I was there, uh, Florida State was playing Virginia Tech, and I get my tickets at the time. I was getting my tickets through a buddy of mine who worked for the team. Oh, so this was like what nine? This was the Charlie Ward year? No, no, no. This is like four years ago, five years ago. I'm, I'm busting your stomach. Uh, <laughs> it's like what? Um, but uh, how long has Dalvin been in the league? Dalvin might have been on the team. It might have been. No, right. he wasn't. That was the Devonte Freeman years. No. Because Dalvin was a freshman in 13 when they won. Yeah, but this was this was a couple years later. Okay, so because Dalvin was – because here's the thing. Like it was a big thing with Miami. Dalvin flip-flopped from Miami to Florida State because he's right. from he's from uh, Miami Central High School. Yeah, well, so, he, I mean regardless, he yeah. got – like Luke gets his tickets. Uh, he, he coached a lot of the Florida State players when they were down here. Yeah. So he got his tickets through Florida State, too. So we ended up – our tickets, like our seats were literally – mine was next to his. And he was at the game wearing like an all-black vest with no marking or anything because he was afraid like if Miami Twitter saw him at the game, they would be pissed that he was at a Florida State game, like in the Florida State section. Yeah, because Miami like, Twitter – So he was – he actually – it was funny. We just sat there all game – I kind of blew up his spot, right? So the whole game, we talked like the dude knows. Ba- the dude knows football. It's insane. Like he. Oh knows, no, no! It's, watching knows. him talk on interviews is incredible. And then we also have some like mutual friends that I never would have known just because he he knows everybody, right? Yeah. So, um, we talk and whatever. And then at the end of the game, I'm like, dude, I don't want to do this, but like, yo, like, can I get a picture just because you know, Uncle Lou? I grew up in Miami, like. It, it, I'm not I'm not even like a Charlotte guy. I'm a Miami guy sitting next to Uncle Luke, right? So he's like, yeah, let's just do it real quick. So we literally stand up, snap a pick real quick. Boom. Like instantly people notice he's there and there's like a line out the section to take pictures with Uncle Luke. And I totally blew up his spot. And his, oh, whole, goal, his whole goal was he was wearing a West Virginia shirt under his vest because if he took off the vest, he wanted he didn't want people to think it was him because he didn't want Miami fans to know he was at a Florida State game in the Florida State. Miami, Twi- I'm part of Miami Twitter. Miami Twitter, Hurricanes Twitter is fucking brutal. 
<laughs> okay. And I used to go to my. I was too poor he, to go to the University of Miami. Like, yeah, I know. Miami hurt. Miami Hurricanes Twitter is brutal. Mm-hmm. Between DJ Williams, Brett Romberg, Barstool yeah. Miami, like it's bad. Like it's like you, named, you, full, named, you literally named the only two University of Miami players that I literally like know. Like that I've worked with or you know, I know. Brett, listen, I might need you to make a connection with Brett Romberg. I want to get him on the show. Also, DJ Williams, I need to tell him personally. Dime Life, I just bought my Ed, Uncle Ed shirt because I, I needed some Miami gear that wasn't hey, from Fanatics or Adidas. Yeah, DJ was at CBS Sports when I was there. Like he's yeah, hilarious. I love DJ Williams. He also wore my number, by the way, 17 in college. So yeah. my number was 17 and 51. And when I found out DJ wore my number in college, I was like, bet. And honestly, I'll buy everything Dime Life. Like, cause I grew up, like I, when I grew up, like college football wasn't really big around here. Cause it's like UConn or BC. I go to college. I start watching the U documentaries. I was hooked instantly. I was supposed to go to Miami, uh, Boston college last two years ago. Yeah. And then I couldn't get, I literally just couldn't get tickets to the game last minute. So I ended up like, um, just saying, screw it. I'm out. But honestly, if <laughs> I would love to make a connection with Brett and DJ, cause they are the man, but, uh, talk I love those guys so much. DJ and yours, but I might be able to get you. I'll, I'll talk. I'll, let me, uh, I, I'll text somebody after the show, after we get done recording. Yeah, because about- I love Brett Romberg. I listen to his podcast all the time. Yeah. I love his podcast. Yeah, he's um, cool. Oh, he's hysterical. Um, all right, so moving on. As one sentence game turns into one paragraph one paragraph game. Um, Saints-Lions, we'll try to speed this up a little bit. Uh, Lions defense playing. Oh, no, this is last week. What the hell? No, it was. No, it was. Oh, this, this week, yeah. No, but they beat the, they beat the Cardinals this week. No, the Saints beat the Lions. Panthers beat the Cardinals. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, Lions, Lions, Saints. Um, yeah. Lions are a good team. They need another week. They need a little more time to cook a little bit. They're almost there. Uh, Saints, uh, fans don't get too excited. I was going to say stop sleeping on Drew Brees. Like, everyone just constantly says oh, that I'm he's I'm going back to sleep on him. Everyone just keeps constantly saying he's done, and then they – I mean, they're still, they're still solid. I mean, they're still solid. I'm gonna keep going back to sleep. I've been I've been I've been writing the Saints obituary for three years. I, I'm like leading that fan base. Um, all right, Browns, Cowboys. <laughs> oh my gosh, made me happy. Um, I okay. Mine is go first. I don't think I've ever watched a game where I legitimately wish both teams lost. I kind of feel that way because both fan bases irritate the hell out of me. Just like it's cool to see, like seeing the Cowboys lose is always funny because it's just like it's the Cowboys. Even though I kind of like Mike McCarthy, but I don't really care either way. Um, And I just don't like Baker Mayfield. So it's just like no matter what happens here, like if they blow out the Cowboys, that's fun. If the Cowboys come back and win, that's fun, too. Just like whoever loses, I'm with it. The best take. This is the Colin Cowherd Bowl. Because Cowherd has never been a, a a solid proponent of either team. So that's, that's my sentence. But side note, the Cowboys have as much defense as the they, they as the Minnesota Timberwolves post Jimmy Butler. It's it's awful. Like how 49 points against <laughs> Baker Mayfield. They took the ball out of Baker's hands halfway through the game. They said, hey, Odell, run an end around for a 50 something yard touchdown. It's like what the shit? And their first touchdown was Jarvis Landry on a bro. throw. Yeah, it's like what? The fuck? <laughs> I can't. You can't make this up. And I think Stefanski's realizing he's like, all right, we're limited with like, hey, don't be so. Okay, by the way, hot take. 
Don't be surprised in April if they move up to get a Lance or an Ellinger. I'm serious. I mean, I would if, if, if Lance falls to 10, don't be surprised if Cleveland trades up. Because Cleveland's going to be like a 9-7, 10-16. Because their defense is phenomenal and their offense is incredible. But here's the thing. If they can get a guy who has a better arm and does not have the just crappy habits that Baker has, that team's a, that team's a, uh, a champion contender. That yeah. roster is disgusting. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes to where we get to the point where I don't have to see Baker Mayfield commercials at every commercial Thank break. Thank God. Yeah, say, okay. I can't stand that shit. Like, that's that's all I want. Like, somebody maybe, tweet, I think it was maybe, I think it was, he, maybe I won't dislike him as much when the commercials are gone. But yeah. I'm just how does a guy who's not very good have a commercial every five minutes? I, I think it was like somebody – this was like two weeks ago and after – I think Cleveland was like 0-1 or whatever, or 1-1. Somebody tweeted out, uh, Baker has more commercials than wins in the NFL. And I was crying. I'm like, that's – that or over like 500 – or like he has more commercials than wins over 500 teams. I, I also heard a take that he's a much better actor than he is a quarterback, which actually is probably true. Oh, he's straight up. He's because, very good in the commercials. Oh, it's yeah, just he threw an absolute, any he has. Oh, yeah. He threw an absolute dime. But the problem is then the next six throws are absolute hot garbage. <laughs> Baker's my size, by the way. Which He's 5'11". He's a little skinny. He's 5'11". I'm 5'11", 235. Baker's 5'11", like 210. I play f- like in a league of like, like, a, like a, with like some ex-athletes, some ex-pro athletes, some ex-army, like ex-army guys. And I'm playing, I'm, I play quarterback. Me trying to throw over an offensive line of all my guys being 6'1 is hard. He's – imagine when all your guys are 6'5", 6'6". Like, and you're not Russ. You can't just kind of weave around your Drew Brees. You don't have a brain of a supercomputer. But, like, I don't know. I, I just – I'm not a big Baker guy. I've never been – I mean, I was originally because I loved the whole, like, hype and swag. Cause I was a college kid. I loved it. But now I'm not buying it anymore. Um, Jags, Bengals. Uh, Joey – Big Joe gets – Joe Cool gets his first win. Uh, the Jaguars, I think we all overhyped them a little after week one. That's fair. My, my, I was, mine is Joe Burrow is pretty special. I I think he's a pretty special, uh, I mean, I, I, obviously that's probably like, you know, redundant to say, cause a lot of people are saying it, but man, just why the kid, besides from the fact that he's really talented, just you watch him like his body language and his competitiveness, you, you just know they're going to be good. Like, they may never be great, but they're eventually going to be good with this kid. Like, he's he's a really good quarterback. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, Giants-Rams. Uh, wow, this game was awful from start to finish, and I think the Giants may end up getting, the, like, a top pick. Like, top two, top three. That's fair. Because right? Daniel I, Jones is trash. Yeah. <laughs> he's trash. Evans is not that good. You know what I love about this game is that we didn't prep like with each other, but we somehow our takes are from the opposite teams every time. So it's great. So we get a little bit of each team each oh. time. So mine is in the power rankings of four and oh and three and one teams. There's a shot that the Rams are the worst of all of them. Oh, straight up because there's they're only convincing other, win. There's only one other team that's probably worse than the Rams in terms of four and oh and three and one teams. Bears. But we'll get. Yeah, Bears. Yeah, you read my, <laughs> read my mind again. It's yeah. like, like, and also last, uh, last thing, uh, Jalen Ramsey versus Golden Tate. That I yeah. want to see that boxing match. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bills and Raiders. Josh Allen for MVP. Can't can't go wrong with that. Uh, Raiders will be a playoff team. 
I second that. I, I, I'm Jared, and I approve this message. I, I the, Their schedule, Browns, Chargers, Broncos, Falcons, Jets, Chargers, Dolphins, Broncos. That's eight <laughs> games that they have. That's that's eight wins. I, I'm serious. Like they, they, may, they may split the Chargers series. That's it. Yeah, but they, I mean, they have to play the Chiefs twice. I think they play the Colts, which is a tough game. They have, another, starts. they have another they have another tough one, but those eight, I mean, those are all winnable. Okay, um speaking of the Colts, Colts Bears, I am buying the ugly ass winning style of Colts football. Barely give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Phil, don't be an idiot, and that defense that's, is nasty. Phillip Rivers wins regular season games. That's my sentence. I mean, that's, I mean, listen, I want them to dev Jacob Eason so bad because I watched that kid play. I'm like, this kid's crap. The arm strength is like watching a howitzer launch a shell. It's like, holy God. But yeah. at the same time, it's just like he's the only guy besides Herbert. He, he, like, like his arm is like Locke, Wentz, Mahomes, Allen level. Yeah. Like just and it's just insane. But I, um, yeah, I'm not. Nick Foles is is going to always be like a B minus starter and he's going to turn it on in clutch moments and he's going to be inconsistent but the Bears are the fakest 3-1 team I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you know what else? Here's another here's my my second sentence. Okay. Mo Ali Cox is the new Antonio Gates. Yes. I I, believe I love watching that kid play. He, he is a monster. He's, he's huge. He's footwork. He had the basketball background. People don't talk about this much. Ex-basketball ex player tight ends, their footwork is incredible in the red zone. Yeah. See, Jimmy Graham got sloppy towards the end, but, like, Molly Cox, turn, foot, jump, end zone, touchdown. It's like, oh, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's a jump ball guy right there. He was playing, like, he was playing legit college basketball. Like, VCU is a good college basketball program. Like, they don't, they don't just bring in busters. Like, when Jimmy Graham was at Miami – they're not. They were not a I good. I would recognize that name. I remember him at VCU. Yeah. Um. And Antonio Gates played. I don't even remember where Kent he played. North. Kent. Yeah. He played at Kent State. Miami was not a good. Pro- like Jimmy Graham. I remember when we recruited him at Florida State. Like the kid. You know he would. He was at Miami when I was at Florida State. And on the scouting report, all that was in the scouting report for Jimmy Graham was he is going to foul the shit out of you at some point. Like that is that was his thing. Like he was legitimately just like a banger who would hit you hard. Like he had no skill. Well, that's what I said about Ju- Julius Peppers too at North Carolina. Yeah. Julius. I forgot about Julius Peppers. Yeah. I mean, you can't be a slouch to play for them either. And obviously he's a hall of famer. So in the NFL, yeah. so top five defensive end and pass rusher ever. So yeah, there you go. Um, chiefs and Fal- chiefs and Patriots. Um, Hoyer, the destroyer, he destroyed the Patriots chances of winning. Cam deserves a very big raise. Yeah. The amount of the turn, you know what the best part about that game was the turnovers from last that were hysterical. Like my favorite was the strip. Both strip sacks were hilarious. It was just like I wanted to hear like that funny music in the background you hear when like yeah. like a bunch of like I was like the funny like the comedy chase music. I don't know, but it was funny. Um, actually we missed the game because I forgot to say about this one. Um, Philadelphia Eagles and San Francisco 49ers. Joe, you can go first. Yeah, you're not gonna like mine. You're not. I don't think you are. I'm not sure, but I don't think you're going to like it. Jalen Hurts will be the Eagles' starting quarterback by next year, potentially this year. That is the worst take I've ever heard in my life. Um, Next up, and my take is... 
Carson, Captain America wins. And we're probably going to get shut down by Dizzy Fist. Okay, so literally, every time I watched him single-handedly save a drive, one of that hurts screwed up, by the way. I kept hearing this in the background of my head. I'm making this a shirt. Check it out. Belly up March. It's going to say Captain Philadelphia. Carson Wentz deserves a raise because even though I did, we can't afford it, we need to go get him actual help. Um, that doesn't get hurt. Wentz basically will Philadelphia back into that game because they had no business being in that with the personnel they had. Here's the best part about this whole thing. I don't think anybody's ever had to deal with a amount of injuries that he has. So my Wentz, my, my sentence will be Captain Philadelphia saves the day. That ball to Fulgham on the end was a top, it was a Dilford dime. If you want to go back to the old ESPN days, that was beautiful. That was probably the best throw I've seen in months from that guy. And here's the thing is like, we had a bunch of all these young guys who just like emerged and had great games. Like Jordan Melita, maybe our tackle of the future. This kid shut down uh, a bunch of like the Niners left side for most of the game. He gave up one bad sack and went off side and one false start once. Like, I've got guys from NFL Network saying, like, this kid played phenomenal. And apparently Peters has been in his ear for two years. But I'll go into more of this later, but Carson Wentz played good yesterday with – I mean, Sunday with no help. And the second they get more and more help back on that offensive line, and then you get Rieger, you get Watkins, you get Jeffrey. I don't give a crap about Jackson. His knees – his hamstring shot. You get Dallas Goddard back. Basically, hey, let's tread water. We're going to get our ass kicked by Baltimore in two weeks, but if we can sneak out another win against the fakest three, the fakest undefeated team I've ever seen in Pittsburgh, and then we go get another W after Baltimore, like, Dallas ain't going to challenge us. New York's awful. Washington can't do anything except rush the passer. The only reason they beat Philadelphia is Philadelphia couldn't run the box. They didn't have Sanders. So... I'm I'm buying Captain Philadelphia here. That's 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 the thing. It's it's this this guy proved more and more to me because the thing is I watched the game over and over. I watched the game twice through now. The, the miss the three misses he had. I'm like okay, it's not great, but compared to what it was two three weeks ago, even against I think something snapped at his head in the final drive of the right of regulation against the ba- uh, Bengals. Nothing was going right. Philadelphia couldn't get a score. They couldn't get inside the red zone. And Wentz says, screw it, I'm winning this game for us, or at least getting a chance to tie. Bang, 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 runs in the end zone, touchdown. The fact that he's running without fear. I'm just, I mean, I pray for his knee every time he takes off runs. But at the same time, they don't ask how, they ask how many. That's a win. I'll take it. (laughs) All right. Fair. I mean, you would know better than I would. I'm just. The problem is with Hurts, and this this is the biggest issue. Is Doug Peterson is a good quarterback evaluator? Joey, the, it's the second week in a row he's fumbled on a routine snap. It's like, dude, you got it. I mean, like, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good player in, three, in two to three years. He could be the next Tyrod Taylor, the next Taysom Hill, or, or bear with me here, he could be like a slow deving starter. Like in three or four years, he could get, be used as trade bait and get sent to another team. But that's Carson's job. Jeffrey Lurie loves Carson once like a son. That's why I said next year, maybe this year. We'll see. Yeah, he's not. Unless unless once goes down, I don't see that even happening. What if they keep – I mean, what if – I mean, look, it's one win against a depleted team. Like, I mean, but you want to talk about injury list. I understand that. I'm just saying, like, 
if they have a bad year. Well, the thing is, unfortunately for Philadelphia, fortunately for Philadelphia, the division they play in, you could have the shittiest year possible and still be in the playoff hunt until week <laughs> no. 16. Aren't they in first place? Right they are in first place. And here's yeah. the thing is also they're they are running the football in a in a in a call in a in a in a, in a false start penalty away from being three and one right now. I don't care. Like honestly, I'll take it one at a time. Let's see what we do against Pittsburgh. I know Baltimore's gonna kick the snot out of us because Baltimore is the best regular season football team I've ever seen. That's true. All right, and uh, last but not least, Packers, Falcons, uh, free Julio. Merch in the merch on the website. Uh, hmm. Packers, Falcons. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know what? I'm just gonna copy you and say free Julio because I'm ready for him to be gone too. I'm, I'm All right, let's uh, let's go switch gears a little bit. That, that, that one sentence game took a half hour, but let's rock and roll. I mean, listen, that's what happens. We, me and Joey, were just going at it. <laughs> so we're gonna talk a little basketball quick. First off, finals. What's your opinion been so far? How are you feeling for game four? What's going through your head right now? Um, so it, it's weird, especially living in Miami and and mostly interacting during these finals with Heat fans and people that have followed the Heat closely. Uh, obviously, after game one, it it was like even for a guy who I'm a Heat fan. Um, and and I wasn't necessarily a diehard Heat fan for a long time because I've moved around and I worked for the Hornets. I worked for the Grizzlies. So I kind of like fell out of it. But then coming back home, I kind of, uh, you know, it, it's grown more back into me. So after like game one was sort of a gut mm-hmm. in the sense of not that you expect to come in and, and beat the Lakers in game one, uh, but losing Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo uh, in game one was just like, God damn, not only is this might be a sweep now but it's just not fun man it's just not a fun like the final it's just not fun anymore like just depressing then game two they start off shitty and something happened around the second half of game two where i'm like wait a minute miami's starting to figure something out here and i saw there was sort of the writing on the wall in game two miami could have won that like the the lakers scored 13 second chance points in the second half of game two. If Miami just gets two or three defensive rebounds in game two, the series might be two one Miami right now. That's how good Miami's played over the last six quarters. And then last game, game three, it wasn't just like Miami survived. Miami scrapped it out and hit a bunch of threes and just, you know, it was one of these games where everybody played perfect and whatever. Miami dominated game three. It wasn't particularly close. I, I know the the Lakers had a lead at one point late in the game, but Miami's defense was about as perfect. Anthony Davis didn't take a shot in the first quarter. He had four turnovers, no field goal attempts in the first quarter. He ended up taking nine shots in the game. If Miami's defense without Bam Adebayo can be like that, Jimmy Butler's – this is another thing I'll, I'll talk, we can talk about, but he's not going to have one of the best games in NBA Finals history every night. But if the Heat can play defense the way they did in Game Three, and now I just got an alert while we were doing this podcast, Bam Adebayo is playing tonight. Ooh. So you you had one of your best defensive games of the season against one of the best players in the NBA, and LeBron only took 16 shots in Game Three. Also, mm-hmm. 
you got to feel pretty good if you're the Heat. Like, it's weird to say that a team that's down 2-1 has the momentum. But if this was a normal series, Miami would be at home right now. So you're kind of looking at it like the Lakers took care of their two games. Now the Heat are looking to take care of their two games. And now we're back to – so I, I, I was feeling so down about the series in general. But now it looks like there's a chance for this series to be incredible. Oh, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm excited for tonight. I can't wait to watch later. Um, we'll talk about it more. I'm just, the next thing I just want to talk about is like, so do you see a scenario where the Heat actually could pull this off? Yeah, it's weird. Um, I don't see why not. Uh, I, I look. I, I'm gonna be realistic. The Lakers ha- won each of their first three series four one four one four one. So mm-hmm. them losing a game is not shocking, but there's just something about the heat this year that every time you, you count them, it's almost like Denver was in their way to getting to the conference finals, but Miami's a better team than Denver. Like Miami's just a better team than Denver this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, winning that game with the way, the way Jim, if Jimmy Butler, he's one of the, weirdest stars you'll ever see because he is so insistent on not being aggressive to score. He's so it's almost like he has this thing in his mind where he's like, I'm going to prove to you that we can win basketball games without me taking 20 shots. He only took 13 shots a game in the regular season. And then he goes out in game three and scores 40 points without taking a three pointer. The last time that happened was 2002. That was Shaq. There's only been two other players in NBA history to score 40 points in a finals game without taking a three. Shaq and George Mikan, who I think played in the 1800s. No, it's, I mean, 1950. Yeah, I know. Boston Stones. But, but so the point being, he decided, and, and again, this is where a shout out to Eric Spolscher comes in. They changed up a lot of the things they did offensively to highlight Jimmy Butler's ability to not only score, but create. But the guy had 40 points on 20 shots without make, taking a three. Oh, and by the way, had a triple-double. The third 40-point triple-double in NBA Finals history. The first 40-point triple-double in a win in NBA Finals history. So when I say one of the best games in NBA Finals history, it's not hyperbole. Like, he legitimately had one of the best games in NBA Finals history. Can't be considered the best because there's been some great closeout games, right? Like LeBron game six and seven against the Warriors. Yeah, MJ yeah. had a few, like, but when you put into context what Jimmy Butler did in Game Three, with the fact that Bam Adebayo comes back now, if they can pull out Game Four tonight, they get two days off. Game Five is not till Friday, mm-hmm. so really three days of rest. Then maybe Goran Dragic can come back. Now you're talking about a tied series with a healthy Heat team who shitted on the Bucks, who beat down the Celtics. The Lakers are great. But offensively, if the if LeBron and Anthony Davis are not 100% at all times, their offense is not great. They really relied on their defense a lot this year. They had one of the best defenses in the league. Their offense was sort of middle of the road. If they can keep this going where they can shut one or the other down, Miami's got a shot. It's a it's a long shot. It's a long shot. But the Lakers are the most fortunate team I've ever seen in this playoff. They just came to catch every break. 
they seem to catch every break. It, it's incredible. It's like, oh wow, okay, they're oh the Clippers are oh Clippers oh Clippers are oh okay so oh it's like oh oh we only have to play Denver and Denver's beat up because how long that Clippers series went. Oh okay, bet the Utah series. Yeah yeah Utah seven, eight, seven games back to back and came back from three one twice. Yeah, it's like holy sh- I watched that Denver Utah game. I thought it was phenomenal. No the Clippers game. I saw the clip uh, game seven of Clippers Denver. I was like, oh this game's incredible. But um yeah I had Denver shot dead and. Round two. This is not, and, and I'll say this. I hear that a lot too with people. That I think there's a tendency, like if the Lakers were in the finals right now, mm-hmm. and they had the same road, but it was Kawhi instead of LeBron, or any other star with AD instead of LeBron. Mm-hmm. I don't think the narratives of the Lakers have caught breaks and the, look at what the, the. I think a lot of that stuff comes because it's LeBron. Um, and. Look, I, I know that people he's he's polarizing. I've compared him. I actually did a, a Twitter post a while back where I compared NBA players to WWE wrestlers. And I LeBron is the John Cena of the NBA. He is the most polarizing figure there is. Like you either you love, 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 or you absolutely despise. I'm kind and, of like I'm kind of in the middle, I guess. But I respect I, his game, but I just don't like him. I think there's LeBron fatigue. And I think he's been around for so long and he's been so good for so long. Like, think about this. LeBron James won a championship before – excuse me. LeBron James went to the to the finals before the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Or he won two titles before the Warriors. He won a title during the Warriors. And now he's probably going to win a title after the Warriors. The Warriors, which was a five-year run of – Arguably the greatest team that the league's ever seen. LeBron did it before, during, and now likely after. It's crazy. And, and instead of appreciating it, I think a lot of people are just tired of it. Um, it's kind of like running through the Patriots a little bit at the same time. Yeah, it's it's so you, you get to this point where I think people are like, oh, well, look, of course LeBron's going to win. He only had to play Denver, and he only they still have to do it. And like LeBron is just we were only going to get about maybe one series where it wasn't LeBron in the finals, so we we weren't that lucky. But um. Here, Here's the amazing thing about LeBron, and and I'll say it here. I've been for a couple of years, but I still I think it's legitimately this is where we're headed. Whether no matter what happens, when his contract with the Lakers is up, he will be a year away from Bronny being in the NBA. He's going to sign a one and one, one year with a second year option, and he's going to opt out. And whatever team drafts Bronny, his son, he's going to go play there, and that'll be his last year in the league. And it'll be the first ever father son playing on the, on a team in the NBA. I think I think Griffey and Griffey did that in the MLB once. I'm not I'm sure. sure. Maybe I don't know. Um, I'll have to get stat check on that one. But all right, last thing basketball. What the hell are my Timberwolves doing at number one? I I mean, what I've been seeing is Lamelo, right? I mean, I think they they seem <laughs> I don't to want Lamelo. Lamelo Ball. No, that just screams train wreck and i'm just like enough yeah i i don't know it just it's one of those things where i think we talked about it last time too where it's it's one of those years where i probably wouldn't be totally against trading the pick if you could get the right deal like like hey let's see let's knock on like let's call up milwaukee be like hey you want the normal pick send us Giannis. like i don't know like do something yeah and also like d'angelo seems like a kind of guy who I guess he can play off the ball a little bit, but you probably want the ball in his hands more because he's a much better 
in pick and roll than he is off the ball. Um, and I think him and Cat can be absolutely dominant in pick and rolls. So what does that mean for Lamelo? Like when is he, gonna be, is he okay with being a catch and shoot guy? He can be a catch and shoot guy, but he's not really like his strength is not being a, a two guard who's like running off a ton of screens and stuff. Like his his game is falling. Like that year in Brooklyn where he was just. No, I'm, not talking, I'm talking about Lamelo, not D'Angelo. Oh, Lamelo. No, you don't want him to be a. Catch. I mean, he can sh- he can shoot and he's big. He can play out defensively. He'd be fine because he's big. I mean, he's six seven. He he'll be able to guard. But no, you don't. That's not what you want. Like he, like that, the he, best like, pick for like, me is Anthony Edwards. Like to me, Lamelo Ball's ceiling is Sean Livingston with a jump shot, which would be incredible, right? Like when Sean Livingston got into the league before his knee injury, Sean Livingston would have been a Hall of Famer. Like that's the talent he had, and Lamelo's got that kind of talent, and he can shoot. But I don't like everything in sports. Especially, I mean, for me, I know the NBA, but in most sports, fit is just as important as talent. I don't if, think Lamelo fits in Minnesota. If you go to the wrong system, if you go to the wrong place earlier in your career, you can you can overcome it, but it becomes a hard road to 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 get rid of that bus label, right? Like it it becomes. Mm-hmm. Look at his brother. Like his brother, like Lonzo's not a bad player, but it's still he's still a few years away from people can, taking him seriously, even though he had a good year in New Orleans. Right. He's a good player. And he and and he shot like mid 30s from three this year. Like he's 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 a really good point guard for what the league is. But he was so bad those first couple years in L.A. that it's going to take him time to live it down. And if you go to the wrong place earlier in your career, it takes a while to really get in the swing of it. So, yeah, if Mello is willing to play defense and be the number three and learn that. It's Cat and Delo's team. You are the number three. You have to accept that for now. I'm fine with that. I think Anthony Edwards is the right pick. He's a big physical guard who can play defense and can shoot and can drive, and he's not going to demand the ball right away. Right. Yeah, I think he he would be he would make the most sense because he because he can play off the ball, but he also gives you another guy who can create his own shot and ultimately like. If you get to a point where, you know, you need – they – you know, at the at end of games, Cat's great, but you're not going to Cat at the end of the game. Unless it's like a corner three or like some kind of like mid-range. So, and, and and ultimately, like, D'Lo's really good, but he's he's not like an elite athlete. So he's not – he's not like blowing by people. He's really – he is – he he's making a dribble move to get to a jumper or a floater. Where Anthony – He's Edwards, a quicker – He's a quicker, better mid-range, less three Clay Thompson. Like very similar body style, but a little more of a facilitator. Clay's like six seven. Clay's yeah, big. I know. Delo's what six four? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Delo, I feel like has the same kind of like he's not gonna blow by you. Like Clay won't blow by you, but their strength is getting an open shot and hitting it. Yeah, I think. But Edwards is Edwards is sort of. I mean, he's like a freaky athlete and he's jacked. But I like I think, assuming. Some of the issues that I've been that I've heard like about his basketball IQ and stuff, um, assuming that that's just all talk, um, you're gonna need that guy because you got rid of you know you, you moved on from Andrew Wiggins, so you, you need that w- scoring wing who can kind of just either play off the ball. He's not a great jump shooter, so playing off the ball, he's gonna have to work on that. But like he can create his own shot, he can get to the rim. He he's better off the dribble than he is in catch and shoot. 
So, yeah, I mean, he makes sense. But that, but part of the reason he makes sense is because there's just no one else. Like, you're not picking up Wiseman. You're not taking Wiseman. Yeah, you're, I know, you're not taking Wiseman. Because, like, what, are you going to have him play the four? Like, I mean, I could see it, but. And then, you know, the guy that I really love is Obi Toppin, but it's still, you're kind of stretching to take him there. Like, you could probably trade down and get him. Um, but then again, like, when you're looking at you know, I'm looking Minnesota, Golden State, Charlotte, Chicago, Cleveland, Atlanta, like all these guys, like one through 10 almost. Why would you trade up? You're probably it's a crapshoot no matter who you get in this draft. You know, like Devin Vassell, who is going to go in the back half of the lottery. And I'm probably a little biased because he's a Florida State guy. But he like he's sort of a can't miss guy to me because he's an absolute knockdown shooter. So it's like, wouldn't you rather just trade down and get a guy, like get assets and get a guy that you know has a skill coming in to the league that is going to translate no matter what? Like the, the, there's a lot of value in guys now in the NBA that you can say that no matter what system you put them in, they're going to succeed because they have that skill. Yeah. That's the type of guy Vassell kind of sticks out to me like that. LaMelo, like Anthony Edwards kind of like that because – He's just so athletic and he's such a good creator off the bounce that and scorer. He'll fit in most places. LaMelo, you're going to have to sort of build a system around what he does. And I'm not sure I that – The Minnesota- best fit for him is Golden State. I feel like the best fit for him is Golden State. I think just get him around Steve Kerr and, and Clay and Steph where he can basically just be what they wanted D'Lo to be. Where it's like, okay, LaMelo, we're going to have you play like a three. We're going to have Wiggins play a small four. And all you have to do is you get open on the perimeter and make your own shot when you get the ball. I feel like that's the best thing for Edwards, Minnesota's going to want a guy who can play defense on the wing and, you know, play off of D'Lo and Cat's athletic – D'Lo's lack of athleticism, Cat's over-athleticism. And, you know, you could put in, like, whatever combination of Nas Reed and and any of these other bench guys. They got Malik Beasley as well. Like, you could find guys to put him in. I think it's just the issue is, like, like build around the two stars you got. But Yeah. You know where Malik Beasley went? I love Malik Beasley. Florida State. Yeah, you're gonna hit that one home for me for the rest of the rest of our friendship, aren't you? Hey, look, Florida State's got a lot of players in the NBA. People don't realize it. Like, oh no, 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 no! I completely, yeah. I agree, and it's crazy. It's like, like I love the joke now on Florida State Twitter. Florida State's a basketball school. It makes me so happy to see that. You know what? I love our bas- I love our football team, but Coach Ham's like my basketball father, so love seeing that. I love yeah. Coach Ham. Yeah, I'm, hey, listen, I'm all for Florida State being a basketball school. Just let them get smoked by Miami every year. There you go. Yeah. All right. All right, folks. Um, that we're coming close to the end of the show right now, so it's time for last call. Let's keep that smooth jazz. All right. I noticed something over the past four or five seasons. Every year since I think it was maybe it was maybe the Wentz 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 Dak draft. There's about two quarterbacks every year. Even you could see, most years, even back to Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck. Uh, there's always two quarterbacks who kind of just hang around the league. Unfortunately for Wilson and Luck, Luck couldn't make it the distance. But now, like, I, let's go back as far as 16 years. Wentz and Dak, definitely the two best quarterbacks in the draft class. Then the following year, you have Deshaun and Patrick Mahomes. Then you have the year after, you throw in, I guess I'll, it'll be like, it's definitely going to be Lamar, Lamar Jackson, but then... I'd say Josh Allen. 
because we don't know if Darnold's going to survive. Josh Rosen's basically out of the league, and you have Baker Mayfield as a joke. His offense is trying to find ways to score without him. And then the following year, last year's rookies, you have Kyler Murray and Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke is going to have a phenomenal career with that arm strength in Denver. I think it's just a matter, and those weapons, just a matter of keep getting him back on the field and getting him healthy. And this year, my firm belief is that the the two guys who will stay the longest and play the longest are Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Now, like, sure, what about Tua? What about Jacob Eason? Like, you were all on Jacob Eason early in the draft. Here's the, here's the issue. First off, I love Tua. I love his game. Do I, do I, can I stand Alabama fans? Barely. Do I think he's the second coming of the Messiah quarterback? No. I think just compared to everything else Alabama had, I think he was like literally their Messiah. So you're going to, you're going to, uh, let's go into Greg McElroy and AJ McCarron. But um, Herbert, I think the determination. He's staying in the pocket. He's delivering throws. He has no fear. And this kid is ready to start. And that's what's crazy to me. It, it's, he's got, and same thing with Burrow. There's no fear. It's just go. It's it's fight. It's get it's get first downs. Make the deep throws. It's attack downfield. It's things that you should see out of a second-year guy or end of first rookie year. And I think that Herbert and Burrow are going to be. You know what? I honestly got a hot take opinion. I think Mac Jones... May, if he gets to the right, may, if he has a great year here at Alabama for senior year, he may end up playing playing more than Tua will over his career. I don't know. Tua's got to show me he can play where he doesn't have four All-Pro wide receivers, All-Pro potential wide receivers, and an All-Pro tight end and a starting running back. Like, come on. So that's that's it for today, folks. Joey, once again, man, thank you so much for coming and filling in and talking to finals with me and sort of putting my mind at ease about my Timberwolves. Uh, we'll talk about that later um yeah it's it's never fun being a wolf fan but uh uh car captain philadelphia corner booth logo and mac jones mac truck mac jones t-shirts all coming soon check it out corner booth store uh i mean a belly up sports store also free julio and jared did them as well so a lot of great merch coming from our boy kev i'm jared that's joey kev's back thursday and saturday we'll catch y'all later Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.